Today we have Kehlani Blackwell on the show. Kehlani is on a mission to help you succeed in real estate. Kehlani knows that real estate can be a great way to build wealth, which is why she's focused on helping as many people as possible learn how to do it. Kehlani and her partner have formed and built WIRE, Women in Real Estate, which is a community of over 65,000 members who are all working together to achieve success in real estate. Listen and learn how to get started on your path to real estate success. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Kehlani before we start the show. Kehlani has been involved in hundreds of fix and flips. She's also worked for CBRE, a national real estate company. But now she's found her focus on the DEI initiative, which stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she and her partner formed The Wire, Women in Real Estate, a community which has organically grown to over 65,000 members. She believes in making money and growing wealth, but also believes you can achieve this while still focusing on a cause. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Kehlani Blackwell. Kehlani, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So a little on how we know each other. This is actually the first time that we're talking with each other. Um, I reached out to Kalani, be- Kalani, um, because I was you know, really intrigued by, I was at a recent multifamily conference and she was a speaker there. I didn't get to see her speak, but I've also seen her on social media and she's just been getting herself out there. So I actually thought that she was an operator and that she had a ton of units. And usually I ask people first question, how many properties and how many units, but it's come to my attention that she's just going after it now. So we're going to get into that. She's just about to start a fund. And um, so with that, we're going to learn a lot about how she got here and uh, what she's planning on doing going forward. So I guess first question is, you know, tell us about the fund and your passion and why you're getting yourself out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me and inviting Absolutely. me onto your platform. It's not often that women of color um, get asked to be on platforms or in spaces where it's, you know, 
most people don't look like us. So I uh, saw who you've had on the platform, super impressed with your lineup. Vina Jetty is a good friend of mine. And so I was super excited to see that you had her on the show. So she's a lot of fun. And I have, a, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fun here too, as well. Oh, we're going to have a blast. We're going to have a whole blast. And if you had fun with Vina, you'll have fun with me. That's my girl. So you're doing good work, Darren. And you don't, I don't even know if you know how important the type of work is that you're doing, but thank you for having me. Um, okay. So I'll get straight to it. The fund, you know, all right, we gotta we gotta reverse engineer this question a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think okay. most people get started in the business, um, especially at the people that I met at the conference that we were at. They're like, "Oh, you want to take down some real estate? Let's get people together. Let's raise some money, and that's right. how it starts." That was not my journey. Definitely not my journey. My journey uh, is much different because I was over here minding my business, trying to, you know, figure out how to make a lane in commercial real estate as a broker. I was with the largest firm in the world for a time and my team's focus and emphasis was multifamily investment properties. And Be, being who, who's the, who's the name of the firm? I was at CBRE. All right, there we go. All right. Good friends over there. Shout out to my friends over at CBRE. They're wonderful, Fantastic. wonderful, great relationships. And they're big supporters of women in real estate, which we'll talk about, I'm sure at some point here. But, um, you know, during the pandemic, everyone initially kind of freaked out. I had no idea, didn't really realize at that time that I was in such a cool spot to learn about how multifamily was the best asset class to work with and around um, and those relationships that came with that. So, um, you know, initially when everyone freaked out about the pandemic and, you know, nobody was moving. No one wanted to sell everyone. Nobody was budging. You know, um, I was navigating as a broker in that space. Not only am I at one of the largest, I am at the largest um, corporate real estate firm, commercial real estate firm. I'm also, you know, younger than most of those guys and a lot less white, you know? So we, I had a good time, had to learn a whole, whole bunch. But during that time in the pandemic, my business development efforts looked a lot different than I think most brokers. Um, and those and brokers have been around for, for decades. Why was, why was yours looking different? How did it look different? Well, two reasons. I came from the residential space. And if you know residential investment strategies, you know, you're pounding the pavement, you're direct to seller, you, you are, you know, you're really getting after it. There's a, a grit about that. That doesn't really apply in corporate settings like that. So, you know, I'm like, guys, why aren't we leveraging buyers? Why are, you know, what do we do? You know, how do we do this? I was so eager to bring my energy. And plus I'm young, I, I'm a millennial. I got invited to an app called Clubhouse. And I'm like, what is this platform? What, I, I don't need another social media platform, but they're like, Kehlani, you have to get on here. I do. I'm an early adopter of the app. I search commercial real estate. I find other young people of color, developers, other brokers, people in the space that are all trying to figure out what do we do in this pandemic? What are you doing that's working for you? What does business development look like for you outside of this normal, you know, let's go make deals on the golf course, you know? Maybe if I was my dad, it could work. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> or, or me, you? right? I mean, right. Uh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm older than you, and I, and I and I like to do deals on the golf course. I have I have committed to taking golf lessons because I'm like <laughs> I got to figure out how to do that. Anyway, 
it's been fun. I'm not good at it. I'm going to get good at it. I, I can record me on that. Hold me accountable for that. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm like, what does, you know, business development look like? And unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that Clubhouse was going to completely change my life. Um, I had been in the business pretty seasoned and in real estate, just in transacting, right? Transacting is transacting. And I heard some women just being mansplained to, uh, asking questions to people uh, on that app, and they were just not getting good answers. Not good answers for women in the business, and arguably maybe just not good real estate advice. And I had asked to, you know, respond to some people and join those conversations, and I think it was just pretty evident, kind of knew what I was talking about. And so I got invited to- Good for you. Everything. Thank you. And now this is all virtual, mind you. Clubhouse is like a 24-hour audio, audio platform. Audio platform, yeah. right. It's like Twitter Spaces before Twitter Spaces was Twitter Spaces. That's why there's a Twitter Spaces is because Clubhouse. And so went viral on that app, met my now business partner on that platform. We were the only two women really actually a part of any conversation. Who is that? Her name's Brittany Rose. Shout okay. out to my girl, B. Rose. All right. Very good. And so she encouraged me. We need to make a club on Clubhouse. I'm like, I don't do social media. No, no way. Um, anyway, she twisted my arm enough. We made a club called Women in Real Estate. In less than one year, that club had over 58,000 members on the platform. Are you kidding me? No lie. 58,000. 58,000. Fantastic. It's at 65 today. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's at 65 today. So we were awarded that club in January of 2021. And here we are uh, on Clubhouse alone, over 65,000 members. So this is why I said I had to reverse engineer that question. Why did we start a fund? Well, you know, when I said most people get in, they, they get into this business, um, they want to raise capital to take down assets. That's cool. Their progression after that is how do we teach courses? How do we gain some you know, social equity, how do we gain some influence? And it was reverse for, for Brittany and I. We gained the influence and now we're like, okay, we're responsible for this group of people. I'm very intentional about who I put in front of our audience. How do we care for this group of people, provide access to opportunities, resources, education? Well, I mean, the next obvious choice is a place to invest your money with like-minded individuals into projects that are actually going to enact change in community, support other women, other minorities in the business. That is why we are launching a fund. Wow. Congratulations. I, I love that you said, you know, how do we care for these people? Because, you know, there, I think in social media, there's a lot of people out there that they just want to, some of them just want to get as many followers as possible and then think about, okay, how do I monetize this, right? Yep. But you looked at it a little differently, like, all right, well, all these people are now looking to us to kind of lead them. Like, where, you know, how can we care for them? How, what can we do to help them? And, you know, financial is definitely a, a big piece of people's concerns in life, right? So... If you, you take your knowledge and your influence and then you decide, all right, we're going to put our energy behind this, behind creating a fund so that other women can get involved. And we're going to, sounds like 
you're going to pick investments that are going to benefit minorities and, and women. That's all accurate. You, you said something pretty profound. You know, people want to get as many followers as possible and then monetize. I want to make, I want to say something. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to say this because obviously now there's a progression here, but um, we turned women in real estate from a club on clubhouse into a for-profit business. The reason that we did that is because women were reaching out to Brittany and I left and right. How do we connect further? Clubhouse is cool, but it's just Clubhouse, right? There's so much more to be done here than just have conversations on Clubhouse. So we created the for-profit company, Women in Real Estate, and it has a, a few different arms currently, but we offer a membership platform. And being a member, um, with us gets you access to us, our entire network, the rest of the members, right? And all of their skills and connections, um, education. We're bringing in experts left and right to come and teach our community. It's a community. It is truly a great community where you have access to people that will pick up the phone when you need help, right? It's real. And you can actually talk about what your experience is in the business, what you actually go through while you're navigating this business. Some people don't have support and a lot of women who are moms and caregivers and business owners and people responsible for their households don't have that in-home support because people don't understand what is required to make it in this business. People die out quick, right? Real estate sounds sexy until you're in it and you have to eat what you kill. It's like, okay, this is scary. So we provide that system of support. And so that being said, it was, very necessary for us to, you know, try to to take our following off of the Clubhouse platform. And we still do a lot on Clubhouse, but provide more access. So now then the then the question becomes, you know, what opportunities are you affording to them? And because we have a membership uh, service, for lack of better terms, um, that people can pay to be a part of, very affordable, mind you, very one of the most affordable communities I've ever seen. Uh, in the market. But um, what the point I wanted to make is every person that we have that's a part of our membership base in real life um, came to us organically. We have not paid a single penny in marketing for membership. I say I don't know how long I'm going to be able to say that because now that we are a for-profit business, we're sitting on a lot of content. It, the natural thing to do would be to scale, but right. it starts with the advocacy component. Yeah, and that and that piece, like, I, it's that's a great thing to be able to say. I have some other people that say similar kind of things on the syndication side where they say, well, you know, I send out one email and then I don't ever, you know, send out a second or a third. Or, you know, they're kind of comparing themselves to other syndicators that maybe put out more. Um, but I'm kind of in between on that because I, I believe that social media, whether it be advertising or whether it just be posting on social media, you know, could put you in front of people that don't know you yet, you know, and they're looking for, you know, the training, they're looking for the services, they, they're looking for somebody to be inspired by, they're looking for a leader, they're looking for somebody that, believes in their, you know, in their space and believes in them that they can actually achieve more and um, you could be an example for them. Um, so, you know, I, I, 
I would say just don't necessarily knock the advertising. You know, look, there's some people that will see advertising and be like, oh, they're just advertising for money. But part of it is also reaching more people than you normally would reach, right? And and if you're providing something that has value to them, um, I, you know, I just, I come from, I guess I just don't see a problem with that. I think it's good to, you know, get in front of the, get in front of the people that don't know you yet. I think it's good too. You know, I, we just hadn't gotten there. We're so still so new that I I wanted to make sure we worked through a lot of the bottlenecks before we, you know, went hard and scaling and we've done that. I mean, 65,000 members (laughs) is crazy. The other thing that's that's on one platform. Now we're we're on more platforms and we've got, I mean, shoot, probably close to 75,000 total across all platforms. That's amazing. And um, the other thing you could do differently is most syndicators that I talk to, you know, they, they go, you know, maybe they, they were investing on their own, then they go to syndication route. And then, then if they're successful, you know, some of them will go the fund route. But I've talked to a lot of syndicators that have a lot of units and I could tell they're scared to, because you know what, when you go to the fund route, it's different than just showing, Hey, I've got this, this deal. Do you want to invest in this one deal? And they have been conditioned that, Oh, I can raise the money for, you know, one large property or two large properties, but can I raise a fund where people don't know the properties, you know, don't know the investments that are going to come in. So Talk about the fund. Is it a blind fund? And yeah. how? And will you invest in any kind of asset class? Yeah. So um, that's a great question. I haven't. I don't think I'm going to operate it as a blind fund. Brittany and I have had some conversation around this, um, but you bring up a really good point. And I think the, what makes our fund so special is that we're offering it to our members. If we wanted to make it a blind fund, we could, and it would be successful. And I'll tell you why is because people are buying into the cause and the platform, right? right? These are our dedicated members. I don't have to solicit um, investors blindly. Um, People are already buying into the cause here. And that's because we're leading with, you know, value. Everything that we do for our members, they ask us to do. I didn't, we didn't create a membership service because I got up one day and I said, hey, I want to monetize. We created something that made sense to help as many people as possible based on what they were asking for. They wanted in-person events. We gave them in-person events. We went on a national pop-up tour last year. Now we're launching local chapters in most major markets that are hosting and facilitating events all over the country. Uh, They asked for that. They asked for investment opportunities. Okay, how do we do it in a way that makes sense? And that's because we fully embody um, the core values that we have. I mean, it's not a joke to us. I've been played with enough in this business as a young professional. I've been played with enough. I, I refuse to let that happen on my watch, uh, on my dime, on the company's dime for our people. And based on that alone and how we've really created a community where we're helping our members elevate, they don't, if I said I wanted to invest in in Q-tips, they'd be like, all right, cool, we're doing it because 
you know, because anything has the value that you give it. So we're better together, man. We're better together. So that's that's my first response. Um, we could do it blindly if we wanted to, but I also want to make sure that people, our members, see in full transparency what the process looks like. How do we set up the fund? How do we choose which regulation? How do you know? How do we choose the project? What is the under? How did we underwrite the project? What gave? What helped us make this decision? Who were the key players in in the team that we had to execute this so they can go and do the same thing? Right. This is not we don't gatekeep any information here. Um, so so that being said, what kind of assets do we want to go over my background? And I've learned so much about multifamily and love with multifamily. Um, I also think that there's a lot of green space in single family and it, in it becoming an asset class of its own with how much it's getting bought up by institutions. Yeah, which I absolutely. Think there's a, a socioeconomic, you know, uh, factor in making that decision, which is how housing prices are inflated, how rents are inflated, the need for housing, the demand for housing. There's a lot that goes into that. And I think we can enact a lot of change before um, single family becomes a crazy asset class for institutions, right? You know, so I, I have a soft spot for that, have a knack for that. And I'm also, um, depending on the strategy, I'm, I'm really here for the land play. I think that with the clear demand for housing, there's going to be uh, development opportunities that we would want to get behind and support. That's fantastic. Um, you know, you come at it from kind of a combo perspective. You know, you've got, you've got <laughs> an emotional, you know, and a passionate side of, of wanting to help and go after it. But then you also have the knowledge of one, you know, before we got on, on the call, you know, you talked about, you know, being in the fi fix and flip space and that you did hundreds of transactions there. Um, so, you know, that fix and flip, that single family space very well. And then being at CBRE and, and seeing the multifamily and other commercial real estate deals being transacted, you learned a ton there. So you got the knowledge plus the emotional passionate side and you're blending those two to bring to build a community which is fantastic thank you i feel yeah. like i'm living in my purpose you know finally like so living in your purpose how did you decide to actually so you, this, you, we haven't talked about this on online but like you left your job and you're doing this full time now how did you do that faith man faith i don't have sometimes i don't have any answers but it's, it's really faith. You can't have fear and have faith. You know, when you try to, there's a lot of trailblazing that needs to happen in commercial real estate, you know, and happy to do it. So maintain those relationships. But when you taste entrepreneurship and I have the energy, I'm invigorated, you know, this type of stuff, it, it excites me. Um, there's really not much, there wasn't much selling that needed to happen. It was like, you know what, it's time. Women in real estate or wire, you know, we call it wire. Um, it has me busy, you know, and if I had to pick where I felt like I was doing my best work, it was there. Um, but I'm also not one of those people, and mind you, I told you, I wasn't a social media I think some people consider me an influencer now, and that's like weird to me. <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't do social media before this, but 
it's important to me to not just be an influencer, right? I don't want to sell flyer membership and say, oh, I'm a woman in real estate and I'm not actively practicing anything, you know? Right. So it's important for me to always con- to, to always be a student, continue to learn. I'm not too good to learn. I do not know everything. I don't know anything half the time. If there is a skill set that I bring that's of value to our members, you know, that's, I think, stands out more than anything. It's my ability to be resourceful, find them the answers, find them the connections that they need. And I am willing to use whatever weight I carry in whatever room, right? Say, hey, I'm the founder of this organization. We leave over, lead over 70,000 women. Um, I need some of your time. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Well, you know, for the listener's perspective, I mean, here's an example. You know, I've heard this saying, um, you know, if not now, when, right? And (laughs) there are so many people, you know, I'm sure there's people listening to this right now. They, you know, they have a gut feel. They want to do something, whether it's investing, you know, in real estate or whether it's starting your own business or doing something entrepreneurial. um, But, Fear stops most people from taking that chance. And I'm sure in the beginning, like, I don't know, anytime I'm going after something new, there's an excitement, but then there's also, you know, it's scary because like you don't know all the, you don't have all the answers and you you don't know for sure it's going to work out. Um, but that's part of the adrenaline, the excitement of, of being in that space. Um, so talk a little bit about that when you went off on your own. I mean. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of, you know, I don't know if it's fear. Um, it, it was maybe rooted in some fear. But I realized, like, I literally cannot lead this group of women. I can't lead women in real estate. Brittany and I both. We can't lead this group and not practice what we preach. And if I've done all of the the foundational work that I preach (laughs) um, as far as really understanding my purpose, why I exist, how I live out that purpose, how I utilize my tools and the things that I'm good at uh, to, to do those things, like why would I encourage someone else to do something that I'm scared to do myself? You know, I had to acknowledge that. Um, and I think everyone's path looks different. Not everyone's in t- meant to be an entrepreneur, you know, not everyone is meant to, but. Well, let me ask you this. Would you, do you see yourself ever going back to corporate? Do, can we cuss on here? <laughs> Go for it. Fuck no. <laughs> so. The hardest, the hardest cuss word I could choose, the most aggressive cuss word I could choose. No. Absolutely not. And even still, like I do other work, you know, I do, um, one of my other partners is Patty Goodspeed, where getting into a venture together. She's been in the mortgage business for uh, over 20 years. I'm helping uh, doing business development with her. You know, I'm diversified. But as far as not having complete control over my time and where I spend my energy, you know, that that's not something I'm willing to sacrifice again. But I can also understand how someone who's not there, you know, can have a hard time staying disciplined to be, in an entrepreneurial role. Yeah, I mean, you have to be self-disciplined for sure. Um, but I don't know, man, this might be a too blanket of a statement, but I don't know anybody that's gone off on their own and has gone back. Like, 
you know, I know people that have gone out and then it didn't work and they pivoted to something different, but you know, just the, I do. you do know people that, that have gone back to corporate. So one of the, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So gone back to corporate. Yes. Going, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, I have, but in a way that it's synergistic to the goal. Right. So I think if I worked for, uh, Tesla and I have some sort of like engineering background and I said I wanted to take a leap of faith to get into real estate and then I said you know this doesn't work let me go back to Tesla I've never worked at Tesla don't know what you are but I'm just saying right a completely different field and space you know um I haven't I've seen one person do that and it was all fear-based because they came out hit hit the ground running um, got a really risky and in, in their investments and everything kind of didn't pan out the way it did. And so right. they went back to that. Then I've had a person take a position um, at a commercial firm. And that was still progress, pr- progression for them in that right direction. That's the cool thing about women in real estate, right? There's no ever, not ever any judgment. And it's like, whatever your path is, let's figure out what works for you. But the point I wanted to make in that is the, syner- the synergy point. The person that went back to that comfortable space got into a, uh, got into short-term rentals. And so what's really funny about being in the influencing space is you you know all the other people or folks that are considered like gurus and stuff, and they all sell products on everything. And there are products out there that sell you on cash grab things, right? Um, short-term rentals or arbitrage or even the people that like went haywire over crypto and NFTs and, you know, whatever is, you know, getting me that profit or that cash flow the quickest, those type of things especially when the market does what it's doing now and it cycles, do not sustain. Those are the people that I'm having to like take back to the drawing board and say, what made you do that? You said you wanted to be in real estate. You wanted to become a developer. You wanted to be, you know, be a syndicator. Why did you get distracted? That wasn't serving your purpose. What is your purpose? Why are you doing this? Having those introspective questions. And man, we've seen some really deep revelation happen for people um, and getting them focused and staying consistent has created some beasts that come out of our women in real estate community. I'm sure. I'm sure. So I say that you have to decide and then commit and you, you know, you did that. You, you made the decision to leave and start, you know, leading this group and, and um, it sure sounds like you're committed to making it happen. Well, you know, time will, time will tell, but, Hey, so and you brought up a number of times multifamily. Like this show, you know, most of the people I bring on the show are are focused on multifamily syndication. They, um, so why do you like multifamily? You were you were in the single family fix and flip space for a long time. Um, why do you like multifamily so much? Um, I like multifamily, particularly just because. Um, a lot of reasons. If I had to give you my top, my top, top, top reason outside of the obvious, right? We know having multiple doors, consolidating costs, um, understanding, uh, you know, overhead and expenses, cash flow returns, all of that good stuff. 
you know, I, I'm a fan of it because it actually impacts the community. And I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, I think that there's this misconception that anything community-based is also charitable, which is not true. <laughs> community projects can be profitable. Impact projects can be profitable. And what, there's nothing that grinds my gears more than operators and owners that don't understand the community that they're serving and don't understand the community that their residents are from. Um, at this point, you know, everyone's going after class B value add, right? 90s, 2000s, vintage, whatever, right? Class B value add. Well, where are a lot of those assets located? Who are those residents? You know, um, are we displacing people? You know, how we deploy CapEx to revitalize, like it impacts people. And that is the part that doesn't get thought of all the time. And I could say that I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like I, I look at it from more of a numbers, you know, perspective. And I know some syndicators that are heavy, heavy, heavy on the community. And the community definitely has a return because even to the numbers guys like myself. So if you build a strong community, then the people in those apartment complexes are not going to leave. They're going to stay. And then all of a sudden, you know, when the lease renewal comes up, you know, all of a sudden you have much higher retention rates and then you have much less expenses because those units aren't turning as much. And so you don't have to renovate them. You don't have to repaint it. You don't have to resurface the countertops. You don't have to put in new flooring and all of that. I'm more, I'm guilty of being more the, the numbers guy, um, you know, looking at it from a business perspective, but I do see the benefit of, of, you know, not just the touchy feely, which you have, you have that, you know, passionate that you want to serve that community. Um, but even for the, just the pure numbers folks, you know, if you have strong retention, your expenses are going to be substantially less and, and your retention is going to be substantially higher. Absolutely. And you've heard it like probably several times where people are like, oh, there was a change in management and the whole community went to shit. You know, like, okay, how do we, how do we prevent that, avoid that, care for the people in the community, what's most important for the people in that community? And I, you know, I love that you just said that because now there's uh, some enlightenment there. So the next project you take down or if you're evaluating what – your current portfolio looks like those are just things to think about and it always when you do good and you put that good out there i'm telling you it comes back tenfold every time absolutely i mean so i think of it more in the in terms of the investors and growing the wealth that's why i like syndication because you you have all these investors and you you're going to build a fund you're going to have all these investors in the fund and you guys are going to bring you know great great projects that are going to help the community of those projects, but are also going to help build the wealth of all those, you know, individual investors. I think of it more from the investor perspective. I know a number of people, and I would put you in that camp, that look at it from, you know, the people living in that community perspective. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love when I walk across the parking lot and somebody knows I'm one of the owner part of the ownership group and comes by and says, Oh, I love what you, you know, all the money you guys are putting into the property. And, you know, my kids love the new playground or, you know, we love the new paint scheme or whatever. 
Um, but, you know, probably not my, you know, number one thought on my mind. I'm, I'm looking at it from a return perspective, um, but well, I, I love people that are, that are passionate for that. So congratulations to you. It's got to make sense though. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, my analytical background won't let me, I just don't have it in my bones to buy bad. <laughs> and I've learned enough of those lessons. I don't have it in my bones to buy bad. So it's got to make sense. But what's the toughest thing now going out of corporate and now being an entrepreneur and trying to build this community, give back, develop this fund? I mean, you got a lot on your plate. What's what's the most difficult part? Oh, gosh, the most difficult part was learning how to relinquish control, because to your point, we have a lot going on. You do. So I had to learn how to delegate. We haven't even touched on half of it. I mean, there's there, we have a, a national real estate team through EXP because a lot of our members hold active licenses. We've got that. Um, so really, it's just bringing in key partners and people. And what's really cool about it is that our members are so invested in this community that they're like, hey, how can I help? What can I take on? Can I hang my license here? How do I, how do I take on more? How do I become more of a leader? Can I be a chapter leader? I want to throw this event. I want to do that. And so it's really just providing the support for them. Again, this is not about Kaylani and Brittany. This is all about them. And it's funny that, you know, recently what's bubbled to the top for me is that I probably need to speak more. Brittany and I typically aren't the ones to speak. We use our platform to highlight everybody else. And, um, so doing this podcast or speaking at the conference in Charlotte that we were at, that was that, that was pretty strategic. Um, and it it's afforded us because we use our platform so selflessly. It's a it, and it's the members know that it's theirs. They want to use it. So in order for me to support everybody in every way possible and, you know, and I use discernment, not every way, but most ways. Sure. Um, I had to bring on people, man. We had to grow our team. And so now we've got, you know, my mom was our first person. I'm like, mom, I need you to work for me. I can't, I can't do this. This is too much, you know, delegated to her, brought her on. Um, we have a program manager, brought her on. We've got chapter leaders, brought all of them on. Um, we've got circle leaders, brought those people on. So it's just, it's a lot of that. That's, that's awesome. You know what? I mean, you brought up. And that's most businesses is, you know, the person at the top is the bottleneck, right? And bringing in other people that can manage different parts of the business is, is critical. Um, so you're doing that. Um, what would you say you, the number one thing you're trying to provide your members? Is it financial freedom? Is it community? Is it? You know, education, What what's the, the, the biggest value that you think that your members are going to get out of being part of that community? Yeah. The biggest, because all of those things are accurate. Everything you just said was is completely accurate. Uh, all of those things. But it is the support. I, I have this, like, I said this one time and somebody, like, laughed at it. And someone was like, well, what women are real estate? What do you sell? And I'm like support dude like support and that sounds so crazy to some people but 
support can look like a lot of different things depending on what your need is at the time. And someone would be really busy if they came to every wire event, every Zoom call, every meeting, if they saw every message in our Slack channel, whatever, they'd be really busy. So the goal isn't to have, you know, something isn't to keep someone busy with all of our things. It's what give you enough options to figure out, you know, how we can support you for where you are right now. The beautiful thing about the community is that that need changes for each person over time. Today, it might be a connection. Tomorrow, it might be education. The next day, it might be a shoulder to cry on. The next day, it might be a babysitter. You know, the next day, it might be help um, negotiating an employment contract. You know, it might be any of those things. So it's really just the support, knowing where to get the support that you need for that moment in your life. Yeah, that's cool. The other thing that I think you guys are doing that's, that's cool is, uh, you know, some people, they don't want to go out and tell anybody what they're doing until after they've accomplished it, you know? So I want to build a fund or do a syndication, and then then maybe I'll go out and post about it or tell people about it or whatever. But just like you said, there's people at all different stages of their journey and, and each person is different, which is so great about life. Um, somebody might be really connect with somebody that is just learning the space, but can't really relate to somebody that's been, you know, super successful. Um, somebody wants to get their first deal. They might really like watching somebody go through all the steps and learn from that versus learning from a syndicator that has 5,000 units and they feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I just can't relate, you know? Um, so you guys are providing different, sounds like it at least, providing different services and education at different comp- levels for different groups and they, they can grow into different areas as they go on. Right. And, it, it, you know, it sounds, when you say that, it sounds kind of vague. Like, well, what exactly is the thing What's really cool about the makeup of women in real estate, and I've got some demographics I can share with you um, later, but, you know, who is the makeup of women in real estate? We've got people. Who is it? We've got, first of all, let me just say, we've got men that are members of WIRE, and I love it. We are inclusive. All right. What's the percentage, men versus women? 4%. All right. So 96% women. Absolutely. Right. Um. But our guys that are a part of our community, man, they show up and support. Not only are they using their voices to support us, they realize you can learn something here, too. You don't just have to go learn from whoever you think is the authority there. Like You can learn other things, uh, learn a lot from women. And those are, include the intangible things, the soft skills that most men don't ever have to worry about. Ever. <laughs> I so, completely, 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 completely agree. So there's that. But our members consist of real estate agents, new real estate agents, seasoned real estate agents, commercial brokers, um, mortgage professionals, um, syndicators, developers, right? And everything in between, anything that you can think of. I've got um, title, uh, title rep that's a part of women in real estate. I've got um, a couple of attorneys that are members of women in real estate. So everything in between. And then they're all at different stages. So I think what's really cool about the community is depending on what you're looking to get out of it, 
Um, folks that are new in the space, they're like, how do I get educated? How do I align myself with the right people? Folks that are seasoned in the space are like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? I need to keep my ear to the ground. How can I help some people bring them up? What are you guys seeing that I'm not seeing? Because I've been doing the same thing for the last 20 years. Right. You know, they get something out of that too. There's a lot of mentor-mentee relationships that come out of WIRE. You know, so it's it's really whatever. Let whatever. me ask you about the fund again. Um, yeah. when, when do you suspect, when, what's the target kind of rollout? For the fund and when do you think that you'll purchase your first investment and will you purchase multiple investments in the same fund or will you create fund two three four five i think it'll be like a two three four five thing okay. um in, in my in my opinion the goal originally was to try to have the fund to roll the fund out in october launch in october um <clears throat> we I have made some wonderful connections at the conference that we were at in Charlotte. And I think that this might actually turn out to look like a joint effort. I can't talk about it yet, but there is uh, someone with a much larger platform than what we have that uh, are, is really supporting our cause. Awesome. So that might change the trajectory of things just a little bit, but I think it would be a much, a very beneficial partnership if things shake out the way that I think that they it's, that's the power of networking, right? I mean, one, you know, one contact can all of a sudden change. Hey, look, I've got this platform over here. You've got this platform. If we come together, we're stronger. And um, that if you don't put yourself out there, you'll never meet that person. Right? Right. right. So you guys are putting yourself out there. So that's a good thing. Well, you said something earlier, too, and I didn't want to gloss over that. You know, I think you have to accomplish something before you put yourself out there. What I I'm not an expert at all things. I, I know what I know, but I'm not an expert at all things. And I don't ever claim to be. And I think there's a lot of imposter syndrome. But I also think that that's why I resonated so well with people online and on clubhouses, because I never claimed to be something that I'm not. Um if there's something I don't know, I, I will tell you I don't know. But, hey, let me figure out who we need to tap on to find out how we can learn this, what course we need to take to learn. Um, and a lot of people, I think, struggle with that. Struggle and with what? Imposter syndrome. Um, especially women who are navigating spaces where it's like, we're supposed to just be grateful for the opportunity to be there. You know what I mean? Or you have to prove yourself in a certain way or no, you know, and it's like, that just is absolutely not the truth. And I pride myself in operating in truth. And so I have no, I realize people just resonated with me. If you ask me something, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. <laughs> I have no clue. That, I'm learning. Right. Well, well, but that's huge being, being an influencer, being a syndicator, being like some people are going to resonate with Kehlani and some people are going to resonate with, you know, the guy down the, down the road, you know, like, and that's the beauty of it all. Right. I mean, and the more people you can help, um, you know, it, it comes back to you. Um, but that's not I I don't know you that well, but I could tell in your heart that's not the reason you're doing it. You just want to help other people. But it does come back to you. You know, um, 
somebody had once told me, it's almost like anything in life, right? Um, you want more energy? Go burn energy. You know, you want more money? Give money away. It somehow comes back. Like, it's, it's, it's weird, um, but that's, that's the way it is. You want to hoard everything? Um, you know, you're probably not going to have a lot of stuff just show up in your lap. Abundance, that abundance mindset. You know? Yeah. So talk I, about mindset. You know, where, where do you, where's your vision from here? I mean, like you go, you've already got 70,000, you know, um, followers on all your platforms. Like where's the vision? Where are you guys going? Great question. You know, one of the things I think that makes our, our tribe so special is that we're so nimble. We're really, really, really nimble. Um, and I also have a, a huge appreciation for the fact that the brand is so strong that those 70,000 combined, you know, followers, that's just wire. That's not me. You know, I could care less if I never got a single follower ever. If the brand is, is doing well and our members are doing well, I'm happy with that. Um, so what's next for Wire? You know, we need to actually execute on these things and do them and, and do them well. It's proof of concept. I think the next, what, what's really cool about Wire is that we are really that bridge between corporate and community. So not only are we really helping our members, we have, we have the target demographic of the century, right? Everybody cares about diversity, equity, and inclusion right now. Um, since George Floyd, you know, it's been the buzzword and, and it should have been a buzz. It should have been the thing a long time ago, but everyone wants to diversify their workforce. So I'm women in real estate holds the target demographic for most corporations. So I think that the next thing for women in real estate is going to be some really large and important corporate relationships with the really big companies of the world who care to invest in women, invest in women-led projects, um, care about their own company cultures, you know, and really tap into the gold mine that we have here, which is our people and our, our I'm telling, women make the world go round, man. So I, I think you are sitting on, you know, something really, really special. Um, be interested to see. I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch how it plays out um, because I think that there's some, when you talk about large corporate relationships, that I think there's some that truly do care and there's probably some that know they need to do it and, you know, want to do it because they're supposed to do it and so they could say they did it. Um, and look, you could... I'm not saying that one's right or wrong because you could end up working with somebody that maybe they didn't necessarily care, but you could end up having a positive influence on them, right? And then that sways them after the fact. Or work with a another big corporate relationship that just genuinely wants to, you know, dive into that space. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, no real question off of that, but... Um, I agree. You agree? All right. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting time. And look, in life, I think, you know, people say, 
Wow, it's so much tougher today than it was 20 or 30 years ago or 40 years ago or whatever, you know. But at the end of the day, we all we all kind of battle the same kinds of things, right? You know, I mean, um, look, if you read the Bible, it's still, it's still applicable today in today's world, even though we have social media, right? It's It's still kind of the same stuff that... And a lot of it comes down to what's going on in our head, right? And, uh, you know, our mindset. And and so I like that you're helping people, not just, you know, with a goal, but also you're getting under underneath and trying to help them have a little different mindset. Because until you believe that you could achieve something, it's not going to happen. That's a fact. Absolutely. Can I put like, a, is there a sound effect? <laughs> right. Darren with the message. So, I mean, you look, you, you obviously believe, and um, I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, what do you like to do outside of work, outside of this passion of yours of growing this team? Uh, you know, what do you like to do outside for fun? Oh gosh. Outside for fun. I, I'm a foodie. I love to travel. I love life. Domestic, international. Both. All. Both? Everything. Everywhere. Except so, when it's going. So international, where do you like to go? International, where do I like to go? I spent a significant amount of time in Portugal. That was really fun. Awesome. I have a lot of places I still need to go. So we got to. We, we gotta, all do. We all do. Yeah. Um, so my goal is to get, you know, freed up enough to, to be able to explore some things. I feel I'm in grow mode right now. And um, fortunately, you know, I, I travel a lot because of work. You know, Wire is internet, has an international, you know, footprint, digital footprint. Oh, does it? Does it really? So it's not just domestic. We've got, and, and now it's very, a small, much smaller audience, but we've got, um, a recent community in Africa forming. Wow. Um, I'd have, that's a Brittany thing. Don't ask me too many questions. Cause that's a, her thing. Um, Brittany's actually in Dubai right now. And, um, she went to go on vacation and she is there working. She's met several people that she's connected with online that know of wire. I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, that's kind of just a thing. So inherently we've got a lot of natural, a lot of, uh, travel opportunities, but, I like to travel, uh, love to eat, love live music, and I have a great Dane. I have a great Dane, me and my girl. And dog lover. Dog lover, 1,000%. And uh, I, like, I like basketball. I'm, I'm really, into, really into basketball. So. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, how, if uh, listeners want to get to know, I mean, we've talked about WIRE a lot. Like, how do people reach out and get to know you guys better and get to know more about your organization? Sure. Um, joinwomeninrealestate.com. That's our official website. So if you're a woman in real estate or anybody. Say, estate, say it one more time. Join what? Joinwomeninrealestate.com. That is our official website. So if you're a woman in real estate or not, you like anything we've talked about today, you want to be a part of our community, come check us out. If you um, lead an organization or a company where you think that there are some collaborative efforts, it makes sense to get in front of our audience, tap in with us, um, you know, shoot me an email, Kaylani at joinwomeninrealestate.com. Just shoot me an email. Um, that's really, that's really it. Instagram, 
my name, Kaylani B. Uh, I'm there. I don't check my DMs. I have too many, but I'll do my best to keep up. Yeah. Darren, I got a question for you. Can uh -oh. I ask you? Uh-oh. Look, this is like over a hundred episodes and I have never been asked a question from somebody, but I'll bring it on. See, a day of first, huh? Exactly. Okay. It's, but it's about, it's about real estate. Okay. Um, so how are you with, with the economy, um, with the industry, excuse me, the market cycling the way that it is, how are you hedging right now? I mean, what adjustments, how are you pivoting? What adjustments have you had to make? So, you know, like you said earlier, you know, your background kind of plays into where you come into the mix. Um, I've been in the loan portfolio trading industry for since like 2002. I was with a large bank to uh, 2002, 2006, AB and AMRO, and then I started my own company in 2007. Um, you know, I know that this next recession will be different than the last, but where I saw a lot of, um, whether it be multifamily or commercial deals get hurt in the last re great recession, 2008, 2010, 11, um, was when the loan comes due in a terrible economy. So I am not on the sidelines. I know, I know syndicators, some syndicators that are like, I'm out, we're at the top of the market. I've also seen where markets can run a lot longer than you think. Um, so I don't know if we're in a recession, recession's coming in six months or two years. I'm continuing to buy deals, but I am particular about wanting a loan, ideally that has a five-year term or greater, um, because um, I just don't want to be caught where, you know, two years from now, like, like a lot of people have been doing bridge loans and that's completely fine you know, if you can do execute on the business plan in that time frame and then refi into another loan or sell it. Um, but, you know, if the loan comes due in a terrible economy, you know, cash flows down, cap rates are up, valuations are down, and all of a sudden the lender's like, I'm not refinancing the loan or I'm not extending the loan. And I've seen that happen to people and that's when people have gotten hurt. So that's what I'm doing to hedge in this marketplace. I I think that real estate can still be a great inflation hedge, um, but you know I have a lot of, um, it's just important to me to have a longer term so I can come out the other side. Gotcha. No, I like that. I like that. Thank you for sharing. There was an article I think that came out today, uh, Blackstone still dumping billions with a B. In on real estate. On real estate. Yeah. You know, look, I mean, it, I don't know where it's, go it's gonna go. I, I, I do know that um, you know, if all those big corporations keep buying up like the smaller, you know, well, I don't know, you can buy a hundred thousand dollar house anywhere now, but you know, hundred thousand to three hundred thousand dollar homes are are getting gobbled up by big corporations. Like, where are people gonna live? They they can't you know, interest rates go from three percent to six percent, they can't afford a four or five hundred thousand dollar home. Well, they're gonna be renters. So, you know, rents could conceive, conceivably keep going up. I don't know the answer, you know, um, but, you know, time will tell. And, and the best we can do, I think, as investors is try to, you know, protect ourselves as much as we can, knowing what we know. Understood. So are you prepared? Are you positioned to deploy more? You said you were continuing to buy, but you're positioned yeah. to deploy more capital upon 
you know, opportunities for folks that are going to incur the problem that you just suggested, right? When the debt comes due. Yeah. So, you know, that's one avenue. People could say, I'm just going to hoard all my cash and just wait for, you know, these deals to come, come to fruition. All these bridge loans are going to come go bad and they're going to have to, you know, but you know, we, we just also went through COVID and people thought that was going to be, you know, a huge, you know, there was going to be all these great deals that were going to come to market and, you know, people were going to have to, to sell and it didn't really happen, you know? Um, so I'm continuing to buy and I'm also leaving some money on the side if, if there is opportunity, but I'm not putting all my eggs. I'm not pushing, I'm not going all in right now. <laughs> you know, we are at a frothy part of the market. Um, real estate market, but I'm also not stopping and just hoarding and just, you know, uh, waiting to have calamity happen. I don't know right. if it's going to happen. Cautiously optimistic. I like yeah. I, I, I still think, multi, but of all the asset classes, multifamily, you know, people need a place to live, you know? Um, and in COVID, I saw people, you know, deals that we had and government saying you don't have to pay your rent. And we still were positive cash flow every month. You know, right. people want to pay their rent. They want to pay for food, you know, food first, then, then where they live. Well, and that's the interesting thing to me, you know, when we actually talk about spending or, you know, inflation at that rate, like, I don't know that I've seen spending. I haven't seen enough reports. Maybe I haven't read enough, but I don't know. I mean, personally, am I spending less? Should I be spending less? I think people are still spending. You know, people are still, I think people are still spending and, um, and there's, you know, certain people that are com complaining that prices are up and look, I don't like paying for, you know, more stuff either. But, you know, what I would tell listeners is, look, the earlier that you buy assets that appreciate, then yeah, you might be paying more at the pump or you may be paying more, you know, at the grocery store. But if you have assets that are appreciating at the same time, then you're, you know, it, it can help balance things out. But, you know, the people that really, really, really get hurt are the ones that don't own assets and they're having to pay those higher prices, you know? Yep, absolutely. Buy real estate and wait. Don't wait and buy real estate. There you go. There you go. Well, Kaylani, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I look forward to uh, meeting you face-to-face -face at some point. And, um you know, listeners, I hope that you guys enjoyed that one. Definitely look up uh, joinwomeninrealestate.com. Um, she's got a lot of passion, and uh, I think that she's doing a great thing for her members and also the community at large. So um, until next week, signing off. Thanks, Kaylani. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.